Thanks. Oh, yeah, we will sit in the light. That's a great idea. Um, now, tonight, we're going to do something a little bit... Um, yeah, that's right. Stary, do you want to explain why we're swapping the seats? Because some people might not understand. Yeah, it's, it's a strange thing, but um, as Stewie and I were growing up, he always had the green, the green cup and the green trike and stuff, and I always had the yellow one. So <laughs> we figured we have to honour that, don't we? It's very important. Um, so it wouldn't be right if I was sitting on the green stool. Like, It'd be it, wrong. It'd be profoundly wrong. That'd be a mess. Um, yeah. Is Andrew, is, so. he, is he in enough light? Can we see him? Yeah. We don't need to move across him. Okay, that's great. Thank you. Um, so why all this fussing about with computers tonight? What we're going to try and do is uh, something a little bit adventurous. So we're looking at our adventurous value. So this is something that's quite, uh, quite different to normal. Uh, what we're going to do, I'm going to start the sermon, and then in a little way into the sermon, we're going to have Choose Your Own Adventure sermon. Okay, it's going to be exciting. So what's going to happen is uh, we're going to put up there a menu of things and someone who's got enough confidence is going to call out and go, do number three, okay, and we'll do number three. And then if we've got time, someone else will call out another one and we'll do another one because we don't have enough time to do all the stuff we've prepared. Does that, does that sound okay? At the end of it, we're going to have our question time as usual. So if we miss something or if you want to clarify something, you can come back at us and ask us questions at the end. Um, because all of this is quite adventurous, I'm going to ask God's help and pray. So how about you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you are here tonight. Thanks for the way you've already stirred our hearts. Uh, I thank you for my brother and I thank you that uh, you've saved him and brought him here. Mm. I pray, Lord, that what we might bring might uh, turn our hearts to you and cause us to live in a way that is adventurous and pleasing to you, uh, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to start by uh, encouraging you uh, to think about uh, your life going into a canoe, okay? This won't be something that you will have thought probably before, but uh, you are standing on the bank of this river. It's a fast-flowing river, and I want you to think about all the components of your life, all the different parts of your life, and we're about to load them all up into this canoe and head off down the river, okay? So... Uh, it's going to be your, uh, your favourite thing. So think of all the stuff that you love, put that in. Think of your kids, if you've got kids, uh, put them in. Uh, if you've got a mortgage, leave that out, but put your finances in, uh, put, put your money into the, into the canoe. Um, put in uh, your aspirations for work, put in everything that's about you into the canoe. The canoe heads off down the river. And as it heads down the river, you're thinking, this is fantastic. My life is going very well. My metaphorical life in the canoe is going brilliant. Uh, and then up ahead, you see that there's some disturbed water. There starts to be some white water. Has anyone done any white water rafting, talking about being adventurous? Anyone? Okay, it's pretty fun, but you would not want to be white water rafting in this boat. Okay, this would not be the vessel that you would want that to be in. As, uh, as you approach the white water, it gets a bit unsteady. And then all of a sudden, your canoe, holding all of your life, tips over. All of your life spills into the water, and as it's going down through the rapids, you realise with horror that there's actually a massive waterfall not too far away. Everything is being swept towards the waterfall. Your whole life is about to go over the waterfall into all eternity. What do you grab? What do you grab? Where do you turn when you go, I can only grab one thing to get, me, uh, to get with me potentially out of this situation. What, what am I going to grab first? What's the thing I'm going to hold on to? And then all of a sudden, you realize that there's a hand reaching down from up above, out of the screen. There's a hand reaching down and says, take my hand. If you take the hand, you will be saved, but you won't be able to save anything with you. It'll go over the, 
over the waterfall. What will you seek first? What will you grab? And I think our answers will vary. What will we grab? We could potentially grab a handful of all my money. And then you'll be holding on to your money as you're swept over the waterfall. You could grab, I, I'm really passionate about the things in my life that, uh, that I'm devoted to, my hobbies, my career, whatever. I'll grab those things and you'll be holding on to them as you're swept over the waterfall. Jesus says our life is heading towards a waterfall and he tells us to seek first the kingdom. That's what we just read from Matthew chapter 6. He says, seek first the kingdom. The thing that we should grab onto is the hand that says I will save you. But I want to suggest that's great. And we could finish the sermon there and go, great, we heard a, a sermon tonight about seeking first the kingdom and we need to take the hand and let everything else go. But I think we ask the question, what does that really look like? So tonight we want to put wheels on that. We want to see what that looks like on the ground. And we're going to think about some different spheres of our lives, parts of our lives where we could think about what it looks like to put Jesus first. I want you to think about it in your own shoes and I want you to think about it according to your life package. So no one else has your set of relationships, your set of responsibilities, your set of obligations. Your life package is unique. And we want you to think tonight about it, what it looks like to put Jesus first, to seek the kingdom in your particular life package. So here's our spheres. This is our menu. This is where we're going to be jumping from uh, tonight. And this is why we've kind of gone to all this trouble. What we're going to do is I'm going to read you a bit of scripture. And then a picture's going to come up and Andy's going to tell us a story. And then I'm going to give you some application points from that. So... Uh, We're going to do number one first, and then you guys can pick where we go from there. That's the choose-your-own-adventure. Up for it? All right. So being adventurous. We're talking about being adventurous tonight, seeking first the kingdom. What does it look like? The first step we have to take is to choose Jesus. Uh, You might remember Mary and Martha met Jesus. Do you remember Mary and Martha? Two ladies. If you haven't met them before, what happened? Jesus turned up to their house, and uh, Mary got really, really settled on Jesus. Martha got really, really settled on making sure her house was ready for Jesus, which I kind of get. Okay? Sorry, you'd probably be sitting at the feet, wouldn't you? Feet of Jesus. I'd probably be making sure that the house looks good. Yep. Therein lies the difference. Therein lies the difference. Yeah, that's, that's it. So, uh, so what happens is uh, there's Martha. She's running around the house going, oh, and then she says, Jesus, can't you get my sister up from the ground to come and help me get the house ready? And Jesus says this, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will, be not, it will not be taken away from her. Mary chose Jesus. She chose not to be busy and fussy. She chose Jesus first, and Jesus commended her. Uh, mate, you've got a picture here. We're talking about choosing Jesus. Tell me how that gets us to a Coldplay yeah, concert. That's right. So this is from last year, and uh, uh, my wife bought us tickets, and we arrived at the stadium uh, and <clears throat> she'd assumed, I think, that the tickets were perhaps better than... Anyway, we, we, we found our place, which wasn't a seat, it was a standing place, and, and the, the stage was somewhere over there. We, there was a siding, and we couldn't actually really see the band, so those big screens and lights and everything were having... It was fine. The music was awesome. Uh, but three-quarters of the way down through the conference... Uh, sorry, the concert, um, <laughs> there was... Uh, I saw some sort of guys in, in black rummaging around at the platform nearby. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I thought, they put some music stands up. I thought, that's really interesting, actually. And so I said to Sarah, come on, let's just kind of, you know, so we muscled our way towards that. And lo and behold, a couple of songs later, Shaban, they appeared. And they appeared incredibly close. And we thought, wow, cheap seats, but we got front row tickets. And um, it really reminded me of 
what God did in Jesus, actually, that God appeared to be very distant. And then we know in Jesus, he actually came incredibly close. And he came to the people that didn't expect it. And he came to the poor, turned up and just amazed them with a revelation that here I am, being touched by the creator of the universe. Here I am sharing some broiled fish. Here am I sharing the firelight with the creator of the universe. And uh, so that was, that was, God showed that to me um, when I was around 16. He met me in a profound way. And how could I not choose Jesus at that point? So, yeah, that's the Coldplay reference. And mate, you got a picture of a bridge here. That looks pretty adventurous. Yeah, the bridge is the bridge is uh, that's that's actually a mountain stream in Kazakhstan, and and the bridge is, uh, as you can see, fairly gnarled, and and it did support me. So there's, <laughs> uh, so I made it across. But uh, it, it, it the bridge, looking at it, uh, it sort of reminds me of the of the wood that we, the wood of the cross, that the wood of the cross is is ancient, um, and yet that's that's what we place our feet on to actually support us, to, that we entrust our whole lives upon the love that God has shown us through Jesus on the cross. And so that, yeah, just returning back to those ancient roots, walking out each day on Jesus, choosing Jesus not just then, but each day. It's a daily thing, isn't it? So mm. It's really great. So mm. I want us tonight to think about being adventurous. And mm. adventurous is choosing Jesus in your family. And some of you will have a family where choosing Jesus is really hard. Mm. And uh, I told the story this morning. Um, I, I know a guy who uh, lives right near me, someone I'm praying for. And he said to me, Stuart, I grew up in an atheist household. An atheist household. He said, but I've always believed there's a God. I said, mate, that's remarkable. Mm-hmm. Now, he's come into this building once. I'm praying that we'll see him become part of our congregation. But for him to make that decision, right, would be a massive decision. It's adventurous relationally to say, I choose Jesus in the midst of my family. The, the, other, the other thing to say is it's adventurous to choose Jesus for yourself. So some of you will have grown up in a Christian household, right? And if that's you, praise God for the head start you've had. But what you need to do, the adventurous decision for you is to say, I choose Jesus for me. Not just I inherited a Christian tradition from my family, but I choose Jesus. And I guess for both of us, that was kind of, we were brought up with a Christian tradition in our homes. And you made that decision about 16. Mm. I, I probably made that decision about 13, 14. And never look back because it was always the, the mm. goodness of Jesus mm. uh, that made it worthwhile. So being adventurous is choosing Jesus. Uh, there are other spheres that we can mm. be adventurous. We're going to do number seven to, to bring that into land. Does someone want to tell us somewhere where you'd like to think about where we're being adventurous? Someone want to tell us a number to go to? <laughs> Sorry? Three. Number three. Changing your week. Oh, great. Great. Okay. Uh, being adventurous is changing your week. Oh, okay. What do I need to do? Do I need to uh, make sure that uh, I get out of bed on the other side? Some of you have your bed against a wall. It's very difficult to do. What, what does it mean to change our week? Uh, there's a wonderful thing. When, when the Holy Spirit came to the church in Jerusalem, the, the church that, that became in Jerusalem, it says in Acts chapter 2, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, they met Jesus and then it changed their lives. They started meeting every day together. They broke bread and they sought God um, every day. Uh, their lives were changed and their week 
was changed by that. Mm. Now, mate, you've got a picture. Tell us the story. This is pretty adventurous. Uh, tell us where you are and uh, how, what's the tangential connection to changing your week? Yes, so <clears throat> I was definitely younger in that photo. Uh, so I was, no. that was when I was 21, and that's in Beijing, uh, and I, I, bu- I bought myself a Mao coat, and uh, the little red bu- book is actually a Bible. It was a bit sneaky. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I was having a ball, but I spent uh, that year... Uh, 1997, actually in Hong Kong, uh, with a community. It was it? I was working volunteering with a charity, but it was actually it was a community, it was a charity called Crossroads. I don't know if you've heard of it, Crossroads Foundation. Uh, I was one of the first three volunteers in that organisation. Went up with a 71-year-old Australian lady and a 19-year-old, <laughs> and uh, we were the the founding core. But what I, what I stepped into was a community that just lived to very different rhythms. And one rhythm particularly was the Sabbath. And I'd, I'd, at that time, I'd been doing uni and working at, at David Jones on Saturdays, Sundays and Thursday nights. My week was... I didn't stop. Uh, and then I got to this community where it's, oh, they stop. And they stop very intentionally. And they, they had one day where they, where they did not talk about work. There was no, there was no productivity. It was, it was about actually reflecting on the Lord's work and not on our work. And, uh, and that, that, that simple rhythm of Sabbath I actually adopted and, and have practiced ever since. And God tells us to do it, not as a burden, but as, a, as a, just a gift. And uh, so that was just one of the ways that I've just been very blessed by God's insistent and very wise rhythms that he brings into our week. So. To change our mm. week. Yeah, I think I said um, mm. a, uh, a while ago um, that when I was doing some research on the Sabbath, um, that no other ancient civilization had a Sabbath, mm. which is just mind-blowing. So the mm. Egyptians didn't, the Babylonians didn't, the Assyrians didn't have a Sabbath. The Sabbath came from the Jews who followed God's pattern to rest on the seventh day. Mm. So what I think about uh, changing our rhythm, adventurous is uh, choosing church as a priority. This is wonderful. I, I love it. It's always hugely ironic when we talk about church attendance in a sermon, because who gets to hear? That's right. <laughs> right, so you can all go, yes, I'm nailing this today. I'm absolutely killing it, which is yeah. great. So well done, you. Um, and it's always a bit ironic, because the people who need to hear that aren't here, obviously, are they? So, uh, but, um, but making church a priority. So when someone says, hey, what are you doing on, um, on Sunday in June the somethingth? Okay, guess what? I don't need to check my diary. Now, I'm employed by the church, so yeah, boo to you, okay? But, but here's the thing. You could say, no, 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 it's okay. I know what I'm doing on Sunday the something of June because I've put church as a priority. Does this make sense? It's not that difficult, uh, so do that. Um, at a very practical level, I think it's about choosing what to do with exams and birthdays, if I can say this. So there's two ends of our spectrum. When it comes to exams... Uh, often you'll think, hey, I'm in that really pressurized thing. Tomorrow's the um, exam day. I won't go to church today because I've got a, I've got a cram. And my thing to be, would, would be to say to you, two hours out of your life, you're never going to miss it. In fact, I, I, I'm sure you'll be more productive if you come to church and commit yourself to God. Mm-hmm. So number one, prioritize and seek God first on those days. When it comes to birthdays, so my kids... Apparently, every family in the world has decided that Sunday is a great day to do a birthday because sport's on Saturday. And so for my kids, what we've said to them is, kids, we love the Lord and we put him first in our lives, first before us as a family. And so what that means is we will know what we're doing on Sunday. When it comes to a Sunday birthday, what do you say, kids? I'm going to be at church. 
Now, I tell our kids, this is not to punish you and you're not in trouble. So the last second that church finishes, we will rush you wherever you need to get to all over Sydney to be at that party, okay? And if you miss out because of church, we will give you a make-up play day. But we want you to know, kids, it's not a discussion that we need to weigh up whether we're going to the birthday or not. We are putting God first as a family. Make church a priority. Uh, and, and thirdly, to say, organize how you can do a life group, because that idea of community, living community, when you meet mm. outside of church to do life together around God's word, it deepens your relationships in a way you can't imagine. And so we'd love to encourage you. Jeff would love to slot you into a life group, wouldn't you, Jeff? Um, find a way... Find a way to shape your week around putting God first. There we go. That's about changing your week. Would someone like to pick another number? What's next? Number two. two. What is number two? Changing habits. Mm. Great. Can you see, guys, it comes to being bold. That was just a strong two. I loved it. It was fantastic. So uh, number two, changing your habits. This is from Acts. Uh, in Acts, in, in Ephesus, what happened was Paul preached the gospel in Ephesus, and it changed people's lives. And uh, changed the lives of some sorcerers. Here's what we read in Acts 19. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burnt them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. So they got saved and then their lives and their habits were changed. They no longer did what they had been doing before. Something fundamentally changed for them. Now, mate, you're going to make a link for us to a picture yeah. of this. Yeah, we, we enjoyed this kid. Now, the kids and I were down, I think it was down the south coast, and we are just kind of chasing it with the camera. It's amazing. Um, what's the echidna doing? What was that? Yeah, he's looking for ants, right? So everyone knows what echidnas do. Um, what, do what do Christians do? A bit more difficult, isn't it? Probably shouldn't be. Um, I, think, I think that one of the things that's interesting in terms of when we look at habits is that, is that God, um, he, he wants to fundamentally change the orientation of our hearts, so what we look for. So the echidna's got a one-track mind, right? I want ants. And God, you know, in terms of those two great commandments that he's given us, to love God, love each other, he's just, love me. You, you're, you're to have a one-track mind, seek my kingdom, love me. And, uh, and, but, but that comes, like the, the, the echidna is driven by hunger, right? And, uh, and some of the habits that I think God wants us to, to walk into, one of which is meeting on Sundays, is actually to get, the, get us connected with the hunger in our hearts and go, the answer to that hunger is God. We're actually all ravenous, if we're honest. Like our hearts are just like, and, and the culture's offering us all this like, over here, over here, <laughs> but actually the real food is in God, and so our habits remind us of that and, and allow us to confess, as we did, confess that hunger, and then find God together as well. Yeah, so I love the echidna. It's great. It's great. Uh, that's pretty good work, mate, to get from an echidna to Jesus. That's fantastic. Yep. Um, so being adventurous then, let's put, some, let's put some wheels on this. Being adventurous is then thinking about your inputs. Mm. Uh, the ants' input is, I mean, the echidna's input is ants. What, what we want to think about is, what does it look like uh, with your inputs, changing your habits? Mm. So, sorry, when we kind of got Jesus on board, um, we started to think about our music, and we were listening to Triple J at that time. That was kind of mm. our thing. And then all of a sudden we brought in, I think it was, was it Hot Gospel Favourites or something like something that? Something like that. A cassette tape Fantastic from Kurong of yep. Christian music. And, and, a, and a lot of Keith Green. And a lot of Keith Green. Of oh, Keith I forgot Green. Keith. Yeah. How beautiful is Keith. Mm. Uh, so, so we just listened 
to Christian music. And I, I remember thinking, we've gone weird. Mm-hmm. Well, we had. Um, we've gone weird. Yeah. We've gone really weird. We've, we've changed yeah. from listening to the world to putting stuff that's feeding into our mm. heads and into our hearts, stuff mm. that's actually valuable. Yeah. Uh, so uh, think, what, I want you to think about your music. What are you listening to? Uh, think about your reading. Uh, what are you reading? What are the things that your mind's obsessing on? And then thinking about what, what you're watching and surfing so that it helps us, it directs us towards God rather than it's at battle with what he would want for our mm. lives. So we want you to think about being adventurous is actually seeking to change these in line with seeking the kingdom mm. first. Mm. Uh, okay. One more before we do seven to finish up. Um, number four. Excellent. Changing family. Being adventurous is changing family. Um, There's a beautiful picture of what it means when the kingdom of God comes to a household. So what we say at New Life is we want to see New Life in Jesus come to every home. Here's a home in a city in Philippi where New Life came. And uh, we read these words in Acts 16. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptised. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. So the picture here is of not just an individual decision, but a decision that impacts everyone in the household. And uh, I love that picture of unity around the blessing of new life coming. Uh, Mate, tell us about this picture here. Yeah, so so Jesus talks about uh, when, you know, he talks about giving up family, doesn't he? And giving up homes. And, and then he says, you're going to get a hundred times that in this life and the next. It's quite an amazing statement. And when we left, Kazakh- left for Kazakhstan, uh, I remember the farewell party. There were a lot of people there. A lot of people liked us at that point. Less when we came back, I might add. Um, but but it was, there was a significant hole. And I was like, wow, Jesus, we're following you to this thing, but it's, it's kind of ripping our lives apart. Um, and yet we found uh, on the other side of the world, in a different language, in a different culture, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. And so the, so the guy next to me in the, in the black glasses is Arman, and he now leads the work that we founded in Kazakhstan. And he is, he is, he is an absolute brother. You know, he came to us when he was 21, actually, I'd call him like a baby wet behind his ears. <laughs> and we just, we just did the next uh, nine years together. And now he is just an incredible man of God, leading a community of around 50 people, um, bringing the kingdom into a, a very dark city, actually. Hmm. And that's just, isn't that amazing? You can go anywhere in the world, and we just, you meet in Christ, and it's family. And so God is true to his word in terms of you give that up, but you get a hundred times. I mean, the body of Christ is enormous <laughs> and it's all family so mm. um, I think that's the song that we sang isn't it um, that's, that we're one in Christ mm. um, I think that's, that's the beauty of that Mm-mm. so I want us to think about our wider Christian family and that actually has implications for how mm. we do church here we want to think about church as a family and I want to think into homes and so being adventurous is uh, choosing to pray together in your homes mm. and some of you will go of course we're already doing that and some of you will go how on earth would we start doing that that's just weird. And all I want to encourage you on that is be adventurous. Be adventurous. Start praying together. Our habit at home is uh, we, we des- I decided that my leadership in prayer would be I'll start a habit 
Habits are great. So the habit is we don't walk out of the house in the morning until we've all prayed together. And you might think, oh, wow, their stars are so godly and amazing. They're praying for world hunger and the coming of the Lord Jesus. Here's what it looks like, right? We're about to walk out the door. Kids have the school bags on their, on their back. And we kind of go and stand at the door. And we go, kids, we've got to pray. And they run up and we all hug together. And we go, Lord, here's what we're doing today. Um, you know us. You care for us. We mm. ask that you'd open our eyes to the world around us so that we might love and serve you. Have mercy on us, God. Amen. Okay, team, let's go. And we're out the door, right? So it's not more than that, right? It's not some extraordinary, incredible thing. But every single day we pray together. And the amazing thing about that is we have to be right together to pray. I can't pray with my kids when I'm angry. I tell them this. Kids, we've got to get right. We've got to work it out. I can't pray with my wife when I'm angry. Every day, because I know we're going to pray together, we have to get right with each other. So choosing to pray together, choosing to read the Bible together. You're like, oh, that's just hard. Yep. Imagine if you did it. Uh, the last one I'm going to, I'm going to say this is, uh, is choosing to forgive together. What that means is when I mess up and I don't do the right thing, I need to say to Caro in front of the kids, Caro, I'm sorry, please forgive me. When our kids do the wrong thing, we ask them to come and ask for forgiveness from us. I want you to think about the kingdom of God changing your family in a practical way, not a hypothetical way, in an incredibly practical way to seek to do those things. Sound adventurous? You betcha. Um, okay, hey, mate, we're going to bring this into land. We're going to go to number seven. I'm sorry, uh, everyone, you've missed out on others, mm-hmm. but that's what we're doing. That's changing, uh, choosing your own adventure. Um, uh, being adventurous, number seven, is changing your heart. Uh, this is my favorite psalm. Well, I don't know. I love, I love them a lot. Psalm 37 verse 4 says this. It's one of my memory verses printed on my heart. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And you go, great, I get everything. I get everything I ever wanted. If I, if I love God, I'll get everything I ever wanted. Not what it says. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. What are you desiring if you delight yourself in the Lord? The Lord. What will he give you more of? The Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord, and you'll get the desires of your heart because your heart's desire will be the Lord. It's absolutely beautiful. Mate, tell me a story about this picture here. So this is my son, Aiden, and the bike in the picture was Lily's bike, which she grew out of, and uh, Aiden decided he'd like the bike, but he couldn't ride a, a pink bike, right? So we got the, the spray can of blue paint, and we actually sprayed it blue. Uh, and I think for me, it's just, it's just acknowledging that Following Jesus, becoming a Christian, is not a coat of paint. And yet, and that's, and that's really what Jesus went after the religious leaders about. It's like, it's not a coat of paint. It's actually, fundamentally, it's a heart change. And uh, it's, 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 it's that miracle to me that God can actually take my heart and make it into a soft heart. Like my heart, before I knew Jesus, I was nasty. And I had to, when I came to know Jesus, I actually had to apologize to my sister because I'd been really just fundamentally nasty to her. And I was running after some pretty, just, yeah, my world was entirely consumed with myself. Uh, and for God to have been able to genuinely change that, I look at Andrew now, I'm not, not perfect, but I'm like, wow, God, you've kind of done some work there. I can't really take any credit for, but wow, you actually make us new. 
good, man. Mm. That's, re- that's really great. Mm. I'm thankful he changed as well. It's good. So is so uh, my we, wife. So we, can, um, <laughs> we, we can play Monopoly. It's good. That's uh, right. It's really exactly. Good. <laughs> we can play Monopoly. Uh, so being adventurous is seeking after God's heart. What's God on about in the world? Does that reflect my heart? Seeking and following God's heart. Mm. It's praying for things that only God can do. So if you think that it's all up to you, there'll be a limit to what you can achieve. Under God, our adventurous value says, what are you praying for that only God can do? I'm so excited about that because there's no limit on that. And when I look at this church, when I look at what IJM's about, I think there is absolutely no limit because God can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. So we need to be more adventurous in our prayer. And we need to persevere against the flow in the world. So the world is a river rushing towards a waterfall, right? God wants to pluck us out of that and he actually wants to send us upstream. You're only doing that empowered by the Holy Spirit. You're not doing that any other way. And so we need God to come and change our hearts and change the things that we have passion for. Do you remember last week we met a quote from a guy called Nicholas Zinzendorf? Does anyone remember the quote? No, that's great. I'll remind you. It's up here. I think this is eminently, eminently, eminently memorable. Okay? What does he say? Preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. If he was living in our day, he'd drop the mic and walk off the stage at that point, okay? (laughs) That is what we are here for. If we've got the kingdom first, being adventurous, it's seeking first the kingdom, right? It's saying, I'm about God, not about me and my fame and my importance. He says, so what are we here for? Preach the gospel, die and be forgotten. It's It's absolutely brilliant. So to be adventurous, I want to ask us, how is the kingdom of God, how is seeking first the kingdom of God shaping your time? your talents, and your treasure, all that you are, how is that going in a Godward direction? I want us to finish with a prayer, and I might see if I can get that mic again. Sorry, can I get you to get that mic there? We might pray it from the front up here, Graham, if I can get you to get that um, mic live. And um, I want you to hear Tamara, um, who's uh, normally here tonight. Uh, Tamara, pray for our adventurous value as we finish up, and then we'll have our question time. Okay, so my name's Tamara Ballas and I've been coming to New Life Anglican for approximately three years and we're just going to pray now for the adventurous aspect of New Life. Heavenly Father, thank you that we are your beloved children and our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that we can talk to you cast our cares upon you and surrender all to you on a daily basis and your presence is forever with us. May we continue walking down the path you have prepared for each one of us, knowing that you are the one who is leading and guiding us. Help us to keep feeding off the truth of your word and be able to clearly discern between any distractions of the world that may try and hinder us, hinder our time, treasure, and talent dedicated for you. We pray our steps are ordered of you, Lord. We commit and trust ourselves wholly to your guidance, expecting you to cause our thoughts to become agreeable to your will. So our plans will be established and succeed. We trust in you, Lord, with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. As we acknowledge you, you direct us in paths of righteousness. Lord, help each one of us to have boldness and share our faith to others. 
may we be a powerful example to those around us and be a light to the dark world in which we live. Thank you, Lord, for your love and mercy that washes over us. Thank you that we can be your vessels, not worrying, but instead seeking you, ultimately building your church until your glorious return. Amen. Great, thank you, Tamara. How um, how appropriate is that as a uh, as a way to finish up? All right. Well, it's Q and A time. Uh, you might like to ask uh, Starry some questions. Uh, you might like to follow up something um, from what we were talking about uh, just now, and um, it's your turn. So, have a go. We've got any questions tonight? Don't waste the opportunity to ask about IJM if you want to do that as well. Um, we've got some questions. I'll, I'll give, you a, give you a chance to um, use the mic here. Uh, Jeff, if you can, that way we can hear. Are you working in Thailand? Because there's real challenges there. Yeah, that's right. So we, we have two offices in, China, in Thailand. One of, it, one of the offices is in Chiang Mai, and it's been there for a number of years, uh, helping people who are minority people who are entitled to citizenship but aren't granted citizenship, so get citizenship, so that helps drop their vulnerability to trafficking. Uh, and we're also, uh, just our newest office has been opened in, in Bangkok combating trafficking in the fishing industry in Thailand. So, mm. That's good. Meg? Oh, no. Someone else got a question? Yeah. Hang on, Nicole. Just, uh, yeah. it's, it's all on, I think, Meg. Should be. You were saying before you said, oh, something about four million. You said, oh, I won't go into that. But what yeah, were you going to say? Four billion. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. So, um, we, we, all of us, basically, we benefit from having a working justice system. So, I, I think the justice system is kind of like your fridge. Like, when your fridge is working, I don't know. I, I don't think about my fridge, right? I just enjoy the milk or whatever. Um, when the fridge stops working, it has my attention. Uh, for us, our peace and prosperity in Australia is undergirded by a functioning justice system. When it doesn't work, everything kind of breaks. Uh, your milk goes off. And, and uh, so for four billion people in our world, the UN tells us, they live outside of the protection of a justice system. So if something happens to you, you're quite happy, oh, I'll just dial triple O. And I know that there will be some response. For the majority of people living in our global village, that's not the case. And so what IJM is about is about actually restoring justice systems so that, when the, that the poor that God loves are actually entitled to the protection of the law. And so we work to see that happen. Yeah. So it's a big problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, want to, I just want to follow that up. We'll take some more questions. But I, I just want to follow that up. What that means is there is no triple O to call. Yeah. And if you called, no one would answer. I find that profoundly terrifying, and that's the reality. That's the lived reality for four billion people in our world. Yeah. So if you if you spend any time in the developing world, you know that the last person you want to speak to is a police officer. People in Kazakhstan just kind of run. The police are coming. You know. But that's that's in terms of our God, who says, "I hate injustice." That is entirely opposed to how God has the good order that God has established for His world. 
That's the yeah. reason we love it instead, yeah. because it's built into our humanity. That's not fair, right? That's the cry from mm. this bit. That's stitched mm. into our humanity. Yeah, other questions? Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's really helpful. So the comment... Yeah. yeah, I think that's really helpful. So the comment was, maybe we should be praying for those who are perpetrating this, that their hearts be changed. Yeah, so. yeah that's right. So IJM, everything we do is in partnership. And so one of the joys I had was meeting um, a pastor in Cebu, where we do work in the Philippines, and speaking to him about his ministry. We work with him. Uh, but what he does is he actually goes into the prisons and builds relationships with these perpetrators uh, and actually brings them to Christ. So God's body is at, is at work here. So IGM is part of that, but yeah, God's plan to actually... Because we know that, right? Bad people go to heaven. <laughs> that's, that's just what Jesus does. So yeah, it, God is at work doing that as well. Yeah, so I think that's a good prayer. Absolutely. That's yeah. good. Mm. Uh, Damien? Might make this the last one. This might sound like a dumb question, but you're based out for IGM in Australia. Yep. Is there slavery issues here in Australia, or are you building up awareness for what's going on in the developing world? I'm yeah. curious to know. So both. So the latest uh, Global Slavery Index says that there are estimated 4,000 slaves in Australia, and so they would, they would be people uh, in, in different industries. Uh, we focus our casework, so where our lawyers and investigators are in the developing world where the justice system is well and truly broken. Like, you might not think the justice system in Australia is perfect, but it's, it's incomparably better than the systems that we're working with in the developing world. Uh, but, yeah, there's work that we do as IGM Australia where crimes are transnational. So I won't go into them now, but some of those crimes are transnational. And so changing the way that the Australian government deals with those crimes is really important to us, and we're actually seeing some real progress in that at the moment at a federal parliament level. So, yeah. yeah. Um, they involve the internet if that helps yeah. you yeah. think about that. Yeah. Um, mate, we're going to, I think we're going to finish there. Um, yeah. I'm really thankful. Um, I'd love you to talk to uh, Starry afterwards. Um, mm. So we're going to have um, yep. supper. I'll be um, over there. will be over there. Eating the party pies. That's what I'll be doing. Uh, which is yep. great. Mate, I'm really, I'm really thankful. Yep. It's very special for me to have uh, yeah. my brother up here. In fact, um, I think Eddie said he's, he's starting a church um, what that will mean is that doing Sundays together is just impossible. So this is yep. kind of really a unique window. opportunity to do this. Um, and so I'm really thankful. Can you thank, uh, thank Andrew? Mm. And um, I'll invite uh, Jeff. Do you want to come back up and um, take us through what's next? All right.